Welcome back to the People First Podcast. I'm Andy Rowan, as usual. I'm joined by Brook Street brand leader Lee Passingham. And on today's show, we're going to be interviewing LinkedIn's Tanya Quinn, who's going to give us loads of great advice on how to use LinkedIn to increase your chances of finding a new role. You use LinkedIn quite a bit, don't you? I do. I, I, um, I've always used LinkedIn, but a few years ago, I watched, oh, I did a course on how to um, improve your LinkedIn followership. Really? And there was this woman in America who had something, I know, ridiculous, like half a million followers or what have you. And I was like, right, I'm going to look at all those tips and I'm going to go and implement. And I did. And I think I'm up to about 25,000, so not quite anywhere near where she was, but I'm doing pretty well. How quickly did you increase it? Really quick. Like a week or a month? No, no. Yeah, a couple of weeks, I would say. What were you doing? Just connecting with yeah, loads of people? I, I can't actually remember because it was quite some time ago. But yeah, you just connect with pretty much everybody. Because I remember you coming into Branch. This is when I first started. This was years ago. Yeah. It was almost like you had a Conor McGregor strut going on when you came in because you just got all these new followers <laughs> and you would nailed LinkedIn. You know, that's, the, that's the, um, the competitive edge to me, isn't it? I want to win at everything, including how many LinkedIn followers you can get. Why do you think it's so important? I guess we can ask Tanya these yeah. questions as well. Why, why do you think it's so important for someone looking for a job to understand how to use LinkedIn? I think there's so many reasons, and Tanya is going to be best placed to talk about that. But, you know, LinkedIn has evolved, hasn't it, so much over the last couple of years. It's become much more of a social platform, and people use it for many things, finding jobs, connecting with their peers, looking for data on other companies, researching organisations before they go for interviews. I mean, it's used for so many things. Mm. So I think it's invaluable. I guess the way recruiters use it, because obviously they're looking for people rather than jobs, will be different and it'll be good for you if you're looking for a job to be able to understand actually what is a recruiter looking for? How do I bring myself to the top of their search yeah. to make sure that I'm the first on the list yeah. when a job comes up. And I think Tanya's going to go into a bit of that today, which will be great. And also the best ways to engage people as well, because LinkedIn is not just about being there. It's about being active yeah. and, and being seen on it as well yeah. and being seen by the right people. So it'll be really good to speak to Tanya about what's the best way to get the most engagement from your audience and who are the best people to engage with as well. Haven't you and I got a competition going on who can have the most active poll at the moment? I didn't know it was a competition (laughs) because you've got 25,000 followers. Right, well, we'll bring Tanya in now. Tanya, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So nice to see you both. Let's get an overview of what you do at LinkedIn so we can kind of understand who we're listening to, who the audience is listening to for all their wisdom here. Start with an introduction. Um, So I'm Tanya Quinn. I'm a global customer success manager with LinkedIn. I sit in our Dublin office. And as part of my role as a customer success manager, I work with recruiter license holders. So those who are using the LinkedIn recruiter solution to find talent and fill roles, um, I would primarily partner with them. The majority of my customers are our largest search and staffing customers across the globe. I've been in LinkedIn about five years now, so I've spent a good, good amount of time working with those customers. As far as the scale of LinkedIn goes, do you have any sort of numbers or any idea on like how many people are using it to either you know, find employment or even look for candidates and employees, potential employees? Well, lucky for us, our stats have all been updated as of this month. So I have lots of updated stats for you to talk through. But 
Really, the scale of LinkedIn is incredibly vast. We currently have 930 million members. This is across 200 countries, and this grows by two new members every minute, so constantly growing. We have over 61 million companies represented on LinkedIn, and over 720,000 of those are using LinkedIn recruiter tools and solutions specifically to look for candidates using LinkedIn. On the candidate side, we have about 61 million people who visit LinkedIn jobs every week, submit 117 job applications every second, um, and this equates to about 339 million job applications every single month. There are on average eight members that are hired through LinkedIn every single minute. So if you are somebody who is looking for work, if you're a job seeker, it is incredibly important to engage in this very, very vast network of opportunity. That is very, very vast. You mentioned LinkedIn Recruiter there. Yeah. As a recruitment consultant, people would know what that is, but as someone looking for work, they, they wouldn't have a Scooby-Doo. Can you give us an idea of what that tool is and why, I guess, a candidate should be aware of it? Yeah, of course. Um, it's very easy to take for granted that everybody knows about LinkedIn Recruiter when you talk about it every day. But at a very basic level, it's a software that's purchased by our corporate and staffing customers with the primary purpose of finding, sourcing, hiring talent on LinkedIn. So the approach for a recruitment consultant using this product is twofold. So essentially using LinkedIn Recruiter, they can post targeted jobs. So you as a, a LinkedIn member might see jobs pop up on your newsfeed. This is the perfect fit of a role for you. This job matches your skills, your criteria. So on the back end of LinkedIn Recruiter, a recruitment consultant is posting those jobs, looking for candidates, gathering applicants and filling roles that way. That's fairly understood, I think, when it comes to LinkedIn Recruiter, but another layer of the use of LinkedIn Recruiter and probably the more important, more unique approach is the ability for the recruitment consultants to use LinkedIn Recruiter to run advanced searches, to find passive talent, to find candidates that aren't even necessarily looking for jobs that also match the criteria of the role. Um, they can then filter by those candidates, find those that really match uh, what they're looking for. And then we have something called an in-mail. So that's our messaging system. Using in-mails, they can send outreach to these potential candidates, tell them about the role, encourage them to apply and have them join the hiring process. So our approach on the LinkedIn Recruiter tool would be a combination of both of those. Most recruiters would have LinkedIn Recruiter. I know Brook Street has it, don't they, Lee? Yeah, most of our recruiters have it I, I see it as a vital tool to be able to do their jobs LinkedIn recruiter we have so much success in terms of finding great candidates from it yeah. so if you were a candidate even if you're a passive candidate you're not even looking for work what what could you do to increase your chances of popping up and on LinkedIn recruiter or on a search that a recruiter is making on LinkedIn if you're somebody who is primarily using LinkedIn at present to find a job, there's a couple of things that are really important to do. The first is to make sure that you find and apply to the roles that you're looking for. That might seem really basic, but there are some ways that you can make sure that you're ahead of the curve with that. So in LinkedIn.com, when you go into the jobs tab, what you can do is filter by what you're looking for. So that could be the job titles, location, or even the companies you're interested in, part-time, full-time, whatever that criteria might be. 
Running that search will pull up all of the live jobs, but you can take an additional step as a potential candidate and set up an alert, meaning that as soon as a job gets posted that matches your criteria, you get notified about it and it allows you to be one of the first to apply. So it's very important that you take that first step. But secondly, and if we're thinking about the searching and the passive candidates that recruiters are looking for, you also want to make sure that you show up in a search if a, if a recruiter is going out looking for somebody just like you. So a couple of things to make sure to do here. Flag yourself as open to work, which might be something you've heard of before, but if not, Everybody on LinkedIn has the option to now add a banner to their profile picture showing that they are open to work. Or if you are someone who's currently employed and just dipping your toe in the water to see what's out there and you don't necessarily want to publicly show you're open to work, you can just make that visible on the back end to recruiters. Having this switched on either way increases your chance of outreach from a recruiter by 40%. Wow. So that's the very first step and really important to make sure you're doing. Uh, Tanya, can I, can I ask a question? Because yeah. one thing I think everybody's noticed about LinkedIn um, lately is how it's become more social. And I think from mm-hmm. a candidate perspective, I think there's, a, there's quite a, a sort of thin line, isn't there, between, underst- and this is why it comes back to having the knowledge of what LinkedIn is actually used for, because I guess any prospective employer of you may go and look at your LinkedIn profile. Do you see that as being important now in terms of what people are putting on their own LinkedIn profiles? Yes, it's really important. And I guess for two reasons, or if we consider two stages of the recruiter's workflow. So again, if we think about how to make sure you come up top of the list for a recruiter, the first step is open to work. But it's also really important to make sure that you're keeping your skills up to date. I think we are all, and I include myself in this, guilty of setting up a profile maybe 10 years ago, maybe adding a couple of skills at the time. But it's very hard to remember to keep that up to date, to even maybe understand the rationale behind keeping that type of information up to date. But to give you a bit of context, On the recruiter side, a LinkedIn recruiter consultant is running searches, finding candidates like you by looking for the skills that are required for the role that they're trying to fill. And actually, about 45% of LinkedIn recruitment consultants are explicitly searching based on skills. So often they're excluding the job title, even excluding the location and starting with the skills required for the role so that they're pulling more and more potential candidates in, even if they don't have the job title from a prior role. So that is something really important to think about. But also when a recruiter is running their search, we obviously want you to come up top of their list. But then the next piece of best practice for a recruiter is to look at your profile, review your profile before they reach out. And I always speak about the prime real estate of a profile, a LinkedIn profile, because you could scroll nine or 10 times to get to the bottom. So if you think of that prime piece of real estate, that is your profile picture your headline and your about or your summary section. And someone might not make it beyond that. They might not scroll much further down. That might be all that they see. So if there's any key thing to take away and to update, if you're thinking of somebody who lands on your profile, it's to have an up-to-date profile picture. We don't want one from too many years ago. Um, And also to have that about us section written in a way that tells the story that you want somebody to know about you if they only see that piece of your profile. So this is where you would detail what you're looking for if if you're searching for a role, 
what your experience is. And I would also make sure to include any keywords. So for example, if you're working in software engineering and you're looking for a role in that space, you don't want to just make it an assumption that a recruiter will know that you have the likes of C++ or Linux experience. You need to explicitly state that because a recruiter could filter by those programs and you're excluded from the search because you haven't got that on your profile. So those are a couple of things. Yeah. So if you put a program that you have got in your about section, that could come up when a recruiter is actually searching and bring your profile up for them to actually see. Exactly. And I think that that's a little bit misunderstood. I think sometimes... There's a lot of emphasis put on just the skills section of your profile, but in fact, your your recruiter will find you based on a keyword search. So the keywords that appear all throughout your profile will pull you into their results, regardless of if it's in the about section, if it's in the work experience section, or if it's in the skills section. So detailing it wherever it feels natural within your profile will pull you into that into that view. Another thing to think about as well, when a recruiter has run their search and narrowed down the results and they're looking at the profiles, it will highlight every keyword that you have matched. So the more highlights you have across a profile, at a glance, a recruiter can see, okay, this profile is littered with keywords. I can see they're a really good fit. So having that detailed right throughout the profile is really important as well. What about recommendations? Does that help with the search or where does that actually come in useful? You wrote one for me, by the way, Andy. Thank you. Well, you're off to a good start. Just a suck up, aren't I? So... If there's any part of the LinkedIn profile that's most neglected, it's probably the recommendations. Um, And again, I think a lot of this comes down to not necessarily understanding the why um, or the impact. But the best way I would describe a recommendation on LinkedIn, and for anyone who doesn't know, this is where you can send a request to somebody within your LinkedIn network, ask them to write up a paragraph or two about what it was like to work with you, whether it was a classmate, manager, teammate, um, and then they will post it to you and you can add that to your profile and it sits in the recommendations section of your profile. It's actually and really easy to do, eh? Like you just, really, you, really you, literally it comes up with prompts. You just go to, do you go to the other person's page that you want the recommendation from? Is that what you do? And, and then you hit the recommendation? You can go that way. Generally, I'd recommend going to the recommendation section. Click on, there's a plus symbol and it will pull up, ask for recommendation and you can select the name from a drop down or search the name. And the recommendation and section is on? Your own profile. It's on your own profile. And what I also suggest if you're sending this to a number of people and if you're sending it to maybe more senior managements you've worked with, Include a couple of prompts yourself. So, you know, Andy, I would love if you would write a recommendation for me about that project we worked on last year. I feel I demonstrated this, this and this skill. Would you mind including a a couple of paragraphs about that? So make it easy for the person. Um, But why I would consider this really important is it's essentially a digital referral letter. So, you know, when you would apply before for roles and include your resume, your CV, you would include a number of people that they could reach out to and get a bit of feedback on on your past experience. This sits on your profile visible for anybody who visits to get an idea of what it was like to work with you, what you're like as an employee, what you're like as a teammate. So it's extremely valuable to keep this up to date and to make sure that you have your background and your skills represented here. Probably about five years ago, I attended a course on how to build your LinkedIn profile 
And on it, they talked about this woman in America, and I can't for the life of me remember her name, but she was like the record holder of LinkedIn connections or whatever. And I was like, I'm going after her. I want to get more <laughs> LinkedIn. And actually, I managed to build my, my connections really quickly using some of the top tips. It's quite an easy thing to do for high impact, mm-hmm. isn't it? I suppose there's actually always going to be different reasons for wanting to build your following and build your presence on LinkedIn. It depends what your angle is. But if we think in this instance of the candidate and someone who's using LinkedIn to search for a role, this can be a really great way to connect with people with influence within your industry and to also just present or position yourself as somewhat of an expert or a thought leader in that industry space. So it's just another green tick against you when, when someone's looking at you as a potential candidate and your experience and your background. And with that in mind, one of the first steps before even starting to post on LinkedIn is actually to do a little bit of research. So look into the people who are currently thought leaders in that space. If, for example, it was finance, who are those who are posting frequently about finance? Who are the um, news articles you should be looking at and newsletters? You can search all of these things on LinkedIn by searching by groups and by people. And then another thing which is extremely overlooked but really powerful is hashtags. So in LinkedIn, you can go into the search bar and search a hashtag. So you could search hashtag finance, whatever it might be, pull up those hashtags and follow them. And when you follow those hashtags, it means that your newsfeed is going to start to become curated with the content that people are posting, including that hashtag. So it just really makes it relevant. And the reason why this is important is when it comes to posting your own content, it's important that you are frequent. So you're two to three times a week. One of those, I would make it your own authored content. But one of those or two of those could just be reshared content that you're resharing from these influences on the platform, adding your own line or two of context, adding some hashtags and joining the conversation in that way. Is there, when you're creating your own content and you're writing a post, apart from posting a picture of a puppy, is there an anatomy that goes in to getting a lot of engagement? A picture of a puppy will always go a long way, but um, you don't want to overdo that either. Um, But yes, there are some simple steps that will always make up a strong LinkedIn post. And you don't always have to include every single one of these. And this isn't an exhaustive list either, but a couple of important things. And this plays to the the puppy, um, including rich media, a photo or a video, and especially human first content. It's incredible how much humans respond to human content. So anything that includes a picture or a video of yourself or your team, definitely rich media of some kind. Then what also, do you mean what yeah, do you mean yeah. rich media? What what's that? Essentially just a picture or a video. Okay. Yeah. And then also including hashtags in your post. So it would be a little bit different to other social media platforms where you might see hundreds of hashtags that you know, throw your post out to everybody, that would be flagged as spamming on LinkedIn. We'd actually like to keep it to more about three to five hashtags on each post. And that's why you want to be quite targeted with that. So search the hashtag in advance. Some of our hashtags, hashtag hiring, for instance, has about 3 million followers. So the following that a hashtag alone has 
has incredible impact in increasing the drive to your content. If you if you did hashtag hiring and, and let's say it's got 3 million people that have used it or following it, is there a risk there that maybe you're just going to get lost in the noise? Like if you hashtag something with, let's say, 10 people following it, you know you're going to yeah, hit those yeah. 10 people. Is there a balance between going after hashtagging a big hashtag following and hashtagging something with a little bit more boutique following? Yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, my specific example would be hashtag hiring three million is overwhelming and your impact of that is is going to be minimal because it's not going to be relevant for every single follower of that hashtag so in the instance where i was recommending the use of hashtags and hashtag hiring with uh three million followers versus hashtag dublin jobs which in this example was much more relevant that had about seven or eight thousand followers so it is a matter of going out and searching and being quite specific um, in your search because in that example if we're talking about a dublin-based recruiter hashtag dublin jobs while it seems like seven thousand is not as impactful as three million they are going to be the exact audience you're looking for so yeah just be quite literal and quite specific in the hashtags that you're searching you'd be surprised how many there are and how many followers they all have tagging people is quite a good way to get yes. a little bit more traction isn't it exactly if you think about what you're trying to do with your post you don't want your post to just sit there on the news feed you want engagement so the best way to do that is to tag others into your conversation so this could be a team teammate or somebody who is in the same area or would be interested in what you've just posted. If you have, as I mentioned earlier, shared something from a thought leader or or somebody in that space, tag them in and mention, you know, I loved this piece that you wrote. Here are my thoughts. But also then ask a question as part of your post. So pose a question to your audience. You are posting this piece of content Add a line or two about why it really interested you or what you found exciting about it. And then ask, what do you think? Ask the audience, (laughs) what what were your thoughts on this? Anyone have any comments? What you're encouraging there is people commenting on your post. And then my next suggestion is reply to those comments. So as people comment, even if it's just replying, saying, hey, thanks for your thoughts or responding to their question or adding a bit of color to the, the suggestion or the conversation, that will keep your post relevant day after day because it's going to just keep coming up to the top of the news feed the more engagement that it continues to have is it like polls polls are quite good for that as well aren't they the content that probably gets the most likes across linkedin is rich media as i mentioned so photos and videos and polls interestingly enough polls have have landed incredibly well and i as a human and linkedin member know the reason because I cannot scroll past a poll and not vote on it myself because I'm nosy and people are nosy and they want to know okay this is an interesting question I wonder if my answer is what majority of people have said or am I way off so and it's a great point Andy if you're somebody who's brand new to posting and you're a little bit uncomfortable with creating your own content and where to start just think of a question that you would like to get answers from your audience, think of a few different options, add a couple of sentences about what your thoughts are, add a couple of hashtags, tag somebody in, you have a perfect post straight away and probably going to get quite a lot of engagement. I wonder after this, Andy, whether we should try this out. I'm looking at you here. Let's do a poll. Should we get LinkedIn, someone from LinkedIn on the People First podcast? (laughs) Yes. I hope the answer is yes. Uh (laughs) Of course it will be. One of the things that you mentioned is following companies that you potentially (laughs) want to work for, right? It's definitely a good idea to 
think about not only the job title and area you'd like to work in, but think about if there's certain companies that you'd like to work for. And engaging with those companies in certain ways will definitely help to set you aside or accelerate your success when it comes to looking for roles. And the reason for this is a corporate recruiter in particular who's sourcing from within a certain company, one of the filters that they can also use in LinkedIn Recruiter to find candidates is to filter by those who are following the company page currently. And if you think of it from the LinkedIn Recruiter license holders perspective, the reason they do this is that they are much more likely to get a response. You would be what they would call a warm lead. Um, Because you are a candidate that's already aware of the brand, um, interested in the brand. This is going to save them time. It also saves on in-mail credits. The in-mails that I mentioned earlier, recruiters get a limited number of credits every month to spend on reaching out to candidates. So this is how a recruiter would think when using LinkedIn recruiters strategically. Where are my in-mails going Where am I spending my time building out the structure of an in-mail, but also how will I make sure that I get as many credits back, but also not just credits, they want to engage with you and they want you to respond. So they are quite strategic in who they reach out to as well. And this is one of the, the tricks that's commonly used because it really does work if you're engaged with that brand. And then you hear from a recruiter there, you're more likely to be excited and more likely to respond. Another one that's a little lesser known, because I think a lot of people have heard about this company followers um, filter before, but recruiters can also in LinkedIn recruiter filter by those who are engaged with talent brand. So this is just where you have had engagement with the brand before. So it doesn't just count if you are a follower. It will also show recruiters candidates who have liked and shared and commented on content on the page and those who have engaged with the job posts in the past. So it is important to follow, but also engage with the companies that you're interested in. Say, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate your time. And and it's very useful, the the insight and the the knowledge that we're able to to give candidates to help them find work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that was really interesting. Really good. Great advice. One of the things, and I know we mentioned it beforehand, is the polls, going in on polls, because like that is... It's so true. Like you can't scroll past the poll you without can't. like, and, and especially because if you click on a poll, then you get to see what the results are. So it's like that, like it's Tanya so said, it's yeah. that curiosity. You just can't yeah. scroll past it. I'm a novice when it comes to polls, but I, I think I'm going to come out strong in my first <laughs> try. And also the making sure you follow the companies that you want to work for, because yeah. that's if you're following that company and they are more likely you're more likely to get a message from an internal recruiter in that company if you already follow them yeah they want to see you're engaged in their brand for sure and the most important bit that i got from that is if you're looking for a job to set job alerts yeah because if you're the first to apply if it's a popular job you know it's linkedin you they might get a hundred they might get a thousand yeah people applying for it if you get a job alert you can get your cv in front of them first You've got to be out the doors early with that one. Well, I hope you got plenty out of this episode. Don't forget to make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever device you're listening to this on. We release an episode every week, whether that's a bite-sized bit of quick advice to help you find a role. That might be one or two minutes long. We've got loads of them. Go and have a look at them now or a longer interview like this one from an industry leader. And you can also follow us on TikTok for loads of great advice as well. And if you're looking for a new role, visit brookstreet.co.uk to find your local branch.